they actually think that what happened is, is that like a gateway was opened, an emotional gateway was opened. And it was almost like the emotions like, okay, fellas, we've got it out. Let's go. Like charge. And that's, <laughs> this is your opportunity. Bundle the door. We don't know when we're going to get another opening sort of thing. The tears are flowing. Get them all yeah, out. Yes, push. Welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, please support us on Patreon. And enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. So today is, it's kind of a bit of a weird episode because it um, immediately, like looking, if you are watching on the vodcast, you'll see that something looks a little different today. A little bit more festive. Which is weird because I think this is going to be going out in April. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're listening and wondering what the hell is going on because we have Christmas decorations up, it's because it's December where we are right now. Um... And I can imagine how um, it would seem to be a little bit weird. Um, I mean, obviously, we didn't plan this. It's not like we put the decorations up for this podcast recording. Um, We're not that organized, (laughs) quite (laughs) frank. Um, But I can imagine it would feel like a little bit of a kind of juxtaposition, like the like most people think about Christmas as being this time of like celebration and joy and blah blah blah. Um, And then to have Christmas decorations up the day that we are doing beginning our grief series could feel a little bit sort of out of alignment but in a lot of ways I actually think it's in alignment Mm -hmm. because I think that grief comes up for a lot of people around the holidays and so I think the fact that we have these these decorations up is kind of a um indicative of a time of year where a lot of people are going to be feeling grief and I know that certainly the reason that we're doing recording this podcast is because we have been experiencing a lot of people in our community who have been um going through grief um recently um in different different ways we've got people who've who've like lost people we've got people who've lost um dear very dear pets um there's lots of different versions of this going on um and I mean that it's one of the things we always like to do. We always like to try and do things in response to what you, our listeners, are asking for. And we had a number of people reach out and ask for an episode about grief. And we were like, well, why do an episode when we can do a series? <laughs> well, we tried to do an episode and we're like, oh, there's so much here. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, we know grief is heavy. Like, There's a lot to it. It's mm-hmm. um, something that takes time and processing. And we didn't want to like load you all up in the fire hose way being like we're gonna put this all in one really long mm-hmm. jam-packed episode so we're splitting it up we're doing it a little bit different than we have in the past where um because of the matter um the subject matter we've decided to release this kind of segmented you're not going to get this series right in a row mm-hmm. um because we want to make sure that there's some time to process and if you're not in the process of grief right now and you don't find that um this currently resonates with you. We also didn't want to have the weekly listening be um, low for an entire month. And not that the series, we're actually going to take a couple of different turns Mm -hmm. and spins on the series. And it's not all going to be... sad heavy grief that right. we speak about so yeah but I think that we did want to we wanted to make sure that there was some kind of uh balance in the sense that we we will release this um all in one go for our patreon subscribers so if you are one of our patreon subscribers and you're experiencing this right now or if you're not one of our patreon subscribers but you want to hear the rest of the series it will all be available at the same time on patreon um but also we wanted to kind of create a little bit of balance which actually in a lot of ways is what grief the experience of grief is about so mm-hmm. today we're going to be starting the process with talking about how to grieve um and it was very uh, i mean the timing of this is very interesting um not only because we have christmas decorations up in the background um but uh, also because uh last week was uh, world aids um day it was a World AIDS Memorial Day. And I actually went down to, um, down here in Key West, we've got a, a local um, a Key West AIDS Memorial. Um, I want to, it's not a wall, it's like a, it's a thing. 
it's uh, I don't it's it's, it, it's a it's a memorial wall it's it when it's it's a it's a it's a piece, massive piece of stone with the names graved into it. It has a word. I don't know why the, the I'm I'm like blanking on what the actual word is right now. Is it wall? It's not wall. <laughs> that's the issue. That's the only word I could come up with in this moment. But that's not the word I was looking for. Um, anyway, I went down there and um, was part of the ceremony like honoring uh, the people whose names were on the wall, the people whose names were being added to the wall this year, um, and also people whose names weren't on this wall but actually were um, being remembered as part of this ceremony. Um, and it was interesting because um, the I think it was a really great representation of what we're going to be talking about today in terms of how to grieve, which is to recognize that there is no right way to grieve. There is no one way to grieve. It's about finding the way that resonates with where you're at in any one particular moment in time. So um, obviously there were like you could you could see when we were when I was at the event, like um, I, I read out the some of the names that were on the um, on the memorial and um, you could see there were people in the um, in the audience who were who were in that kind of deep sadness um, p- space of grief, and I could feel like my heart was going out to them as as I was reading these names out. Um, but we also had um, the uh, a local poet came and shared this poem, which was um, I can't remember. I think it was called "Gone But Not Gone," uh, um, and it was talking about the fact that somebody's gone, but they're also not because they're still here. Um, and she had the most beautiful kind of effervescent energy and the um how she um how she shared this poem was it had like there were moments of lightness and 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 like laughter and smiles um and even there was a um we had a a a local um um who shared about his mother's experience with um having passed from AIDS um and he was saying about the fact that a lot of there's still a lot of stigma attached to um HIV and AIDS and the fact that people think that it's um that it's something that is sort of shameful or dirty and he said that's not that wasn't my mother at all and he was sharing like I remember him saying that um her like her, her her laugh would light up a room and like there were moments in what he was sharing where like I found myself smiling and I found myself giggling and I found myself like like being like tearing up like there were all of these different emotions that were present and I think that as with a lot of emotions um in our society we're not very emotionally literate as a as a as a society and what we do tend to do is we tend to try to distill um situations into being one thing or another so that we know how to feel about it so it's like oh somebody's past that's bad I must be sad um as opposed to recognizing that there are a whole bunch of emotions that are going to come up around this and one of the things that's really important is to allow yourself to feel all of the feelings that come up around this process um the first thing to do in like that's that's the first and probably the most important thing in how to grieve is to allow and honor like all of the emotions as they come up. And realizing that just because one person is grieving one way doesn't mean that yes. you have to then take whatever you're feeling and somehow match theirs, whether you're you're in a... Or uh, repress or uh, hide or minimize how you're feeling. Right. Because um, of how they're feeling. Yeah, and it, there's we're going to talk about howing, how to express this in a self-first way, like how to express and grieve in a self-first way. But I find a lot of people mirroring what's around them, and they're like, mm. okay, everybody's sad at the funeral. I can't be the, hap- the happy person. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into it a little bit more later. Um, I have been to... In, obscene amount of funerals Mm -hmm. like I mean yeah the amount of funerals that Mm -hmm. some people are like oh I've never been to one I'm like wow I was at like 10 before I was you know 20 years old Mm -hmm. and I used to match and it's like oh I'm sad and even if I wanted to celebrate or even if I wanted to share a happy memory I'd be like I don't know if I can or should or Mm -hmm. you know it was based on what everybody else was feeling and how I was conditioned to feel because it was a funeral. Right. And I found as I got older that I normally am the celebration at a funeral because of how I process and how I grieve. Sometimes I am sad and crying, but there's usually an element of light. And I found that 
sometimes bringing that light into the funeral or into a wake or into that situation, it's a breath of fresh air for a lot of people. Mm. And they're like, oh, God, I don't have to cry anymore. And it's like, no, you want to laugh. You want to joke. You want to tell stories like, yes, all of that, too. Right. Well, and I think that's that one of the things is that we have to think about, like, what are the needs that are coming up in this in that moment is that a lot of the time we're feeling a sense of loss. And one of the things we're wanting to do is we're wanting to connect with people because we're feeling this loss. And sometimes we we mistake mirroring other people's. We use like there's a um, like in terms of how we connect. One of the time, one of the ways that we connect is to to operate the way that other people around us are operating. And in doing so, sometimes we end up um, sacrificing our own emotional experience and expression needs. So sometimes we're trying to get our love and connection need met by trying to connect with people around us by doing. Doing the same thing but recognizing it's important to recognize there are other ways to connect with people without compromising minimizing invalidating repressing hiding how you're feeling um at the same at the same time um i think one of the other things that's really important um, um when we talk about um like processing and how we process these sorts of things is not judging how it's processing because sometimes our emotions process in different ways to the way that's that we expect them to or the ways that other people expect them to i know you have a story about this at a funeral um which one <laughs> well, i'm thinking, of the, I'm thinking of, the, the, of, the, of the latest one um that, that was um not necessarily in alignment with what other people thought should be happening or actually thought was happening because of how you actually dealt with it <laughs> This is a scenario that has happened to me more than Mm -hmm. once. I have a couple of um, actually pretty good stories about this. Looking back at it, uh, prior to this more recent one, I was actually almost ashamed of the other ones, laughing at funerals and those types of things. And I'm like, no, that was just what was present. Like, Mm -hmm. and different stories for different times. But I believe the one that Claire is referring to is uh, my father's funeral. Mm When he passed away, um, my father and I had an interesting relationship. We've talked about it a little bit. I'm sure we will talk about it more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, funerals, uh, funerals are just, nah, they're funerals. Like, And I don't particularly care for funerals. I love celebrations of life. Um, my father's funeral was a very traditional Greek funeral. Um, I mean, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful ceremonial process and um there are different parts of it where it did it it made me tear up and you know i was showing sadness and grief in the way that people normally would um would expect would ex- to well mm-hmm. it would expect the daughter of the deceased mm-hmm. to um motions you'd expect them to have mm-hmm. now i had cho- chosen in this particular um time to sit in the back of the church I really was being mindful of my capacity, you know, who I wanted to talk to, the attention I wanted, or in that case, didn't Didn't want. want. (laughs) So I sat in the back and I had my people around me. And there was a really kind of sad, well, not really sad part, a beautiful part that brought tears to my eyes. And then I was like, oh, God, is this, I'm going to lose it right now. Like, you know, you can kind of feel that build up. Mm -hmm. And um, my cousin Zoe, she beautifully handed me a um, a something, and I didn't know what it was, and I thought it was something different. It actually confused me. Whatever she, I was trying to figure out what to do with it, right. and I got a case of the giggles in the middle of my father's funeral. Like the um, the priest was singing in Greek. I mean, it was beautiful, and I'm. I mean, I'm not just giggling. Like it was, I got the look. Do you stop? Stop. <laughs> Like, and it was my friends supporting me. They're like, okay, I'm glad she's laughing and not crying, but like, stop, come on, <laughs> come on. it's your father's funeral. <laughs> and of course that made me laugh even harder. So then I was crying because I was laughing so hard. So I actually, I actually masked it and made mm. it look like I was sobbing. And after the funeral, people were like, oh, did you see, did you see Serena? She broke down. Mm. And all of my friends are like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she nope. lost her shit, but you're, I mean. Not in the way you think she did. <laughs> like, I was trying so hard because I get to this point where I start laughing so hard. I do. I start crying and then I can't breathe. Like, I get myself into such like a tizzy. So I'm like, playing <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> in the back of the church. And I mean, it was 
it was perfect though. It was exactly what I needed in that moment. Right. And it really reminded and, me. And it was a release of the emotional buildup. And that's the thing mm. is that sometimes, like a lot of the time, people think that laughter is only when we are experiencing something funny or joyful. And it can be. And, and mm-hmm. even in grief, you can still be experienced fun humor laughter joy in those moments um but sometimes it's literally just it's a spontaneous way that the body actually releases a build-up of emotion and there's nothing humorous about it i mean there can be and there's nothing wrong with it if there is but also sometimes this just can be how we're releasing the emotion and i think that it was a combination of things for you i think there was some humor in there initially but i actually think that what happened is is that like a gateway was opened an emotional gateway was opened and it was also the emotions like okay fellas we've got it out let's go like charge and that's, this is your opportunity bundle the door we don't know when we're going to get another opening sort of thing the tears are flowing get them all yes yeah, yeah, push push but no like it's like yeah it's i think there was a lot of that in that moment for you and in the irony of the situation um my mother and father did not have a great relationship and it that moment it ironically actually connected to me to my my mother who had Mm -hmm. passed a couple of years earlier so it was like this beautiful kind of family connection in the Mm -hmm. weird fucked up way that my family (laughs) made connections but I was able to because at that point I was um, very aware of the needs and going through the program and everything it really gave me awareness like no this is this is what I'm feeling and that memory as weird and fucked up as people think it is is such a happy memory from that day Mm -hmm. like to be there and to to smile and laugh and have joy during that day like i know that's what my father would have wanted right me in a puddle and if i was a puddle that would have been that would have been okay too yeah like well and i think also i think that the 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 masking in that moment was also because you were in that space where you had low capacity you didn't Mm -hmm. want a lot of attention so it was it was a there was a choice in that moment to do the thing that was going to support your needs. But so you were honoring what you needed in that moment. And you were also honoring what you needed in terms of not getting unnecessary attention from everybody else, because that wouldn't have helped the situation. So it wasn't a repression masking. Mm -hmm. It was, it was like, okay, I'm going to mindfully do this. And there's a difference between, okay, I'm mindfully going to like, do this in this way because it's going to mean that I have less to deal with with everybody else's Mm -hmm. crap because I don't need to deal with their crap I'm busy dealing with my own today and I'm masking and I'm not honoring how I'm feeling to prioritize how everybody else is feeling and there's a very big distinction between those two things you know it's interesting I'm just kind of thinking this out right now um I kind of feel like the masking was the happy medium because the experience I've had in the past, um, especially when my mom passed, is I caught a lot of flack for the way that I was grieving and celebrating her life and the light and joy I was trying to bring to such a sad fucking situation. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing how judgy people were like how could you how can you have this type of Mm -hmm. joy around your mother's death and I'm like fuck you it's my mother like right did you know her like yeah. i mean i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to celebrate this her life in a way that feels right at the same time as grieving her death right, like what is wrong with that well i think the thing is that there's a lot of and because we have a lot of this kind of judgment in our society and like and how we've evolved we've evolved from people who it was essential to belong to a community for our survival, like going back like gazillion years. I mean, it's not a gazillion. I don't, I, my, my, uh, my anthropological knowledge is not up uh, to be able to. Uh, I think the correct word is a gazillion. Oh, what? Well, yeah, with that. Yeah, go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we lived in these um, societies and communities where belonging to the community was essential for our survival like our food our our water shelter protection all of those things and there is a um evolutionary piece in us which still kind of is hanging on to this need to belong and because there's so much judgment and othering of people who do things differently is that that we have this kind of kind of biological response inside of us of like we don't want to be shunned from the crowd um and so 
when these things happen, there's this, there's a lot of this, oh, well, that's not what other people think I should be doing. Therefore, I should do what they think I should be doing. Um, and the good thing is that we know because of the process that we've been through with the needs is that actually it's most the most important thing is to honor yourself and your needs and the people who mind won't matter and the people who mind don't matter. Yeah, I think that was... I was trying to like, I don't matter. I, I say it differently. Yeah, I think I say it differently normally. Mind. Yes, people who matter won't mind and people who mind don't matter. Yes. Yes, that's how I normally would <laughs> okay, say it as well. Like... But I was mid through, but wait, all, I, all I can think right now is that, you know that George W. Bush thing with that like, shame on, shame on you, shame on me, shame on, do you remember that thing? Where there was a, there was a, there was a speech he gave. The phrase is like, uh, shame me once, um, shame on Oh yeah, fool me once, shame fool on me you. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Mm-hmm. But he completely got lost midway through it. And I was like, I was in that same place. So I'm like, I'm midway through this. This is not how I would normally say it, but I'm sure there's a way I can pull it back. Um, so uh, You did good. I just did. I had trouble connecting those dots. I'm like, what? I'm glad. Oh. Me too. I did too. So I'm glad that you called it. And we got the right way around. But that's the thing. It's like the people who really care about you, like they want you to honor you and the thing about it is is that one of the things that's most important in how to grieve is not ignoring what's present because if you ignore what's present it doesn't stop it from being there all it does is it, it kind of contains it within and you end up with this like pressure cooker of emotions what was it peas carrots and minestrone emotional stew i think it was anger judgment and carrots emotional minestrone I think was the episode uh, that Serena is referring to. People are like, "What the hell are you talking about?" It's like when did some this kind become of a cooking word, show? word salad thing that's going on. If um, you haven't listened to that episode, that's a good one to listen to in, in this context. in this context. Yeah. Um. So you don't want to ignore what's present because by ignoring it, all we're doing is we're building that internal pressure cooker, and it's important for us to be able to allow and express in a self-first way what's present. So when we talk about doing things in a self-first uh, way, we want to express it in the way that resonates with you. And there's lots of different ways of doing that. Laughter is one of them. Crying is one of them. Dancing is one of them. Singing, journaling, talking out with a friend. There's all these different things that allow you to process how you are feeling. I need to find the one that's right for you not just right for you, but right for you in the moment where you're at, because you will go through this, this, um, we'll, we'll talk about it in a moment about the fact that healing's not a linear process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you want to like allow yourself to be where you're at in that journey and process in the way that is right for where you're at in that journey. I think a lot of people probably hear the pressure cooker thing and they're thinking like the negative emotions create the pressure cooker, the grief, the like all of those things that nobody really wants to deal with. Mm -hmm. If you're suppressing the happy feelings, Mm -hmm. the celebrations, the urge, I just want to dance. I don't know why I want to dance. It seems so inappropriate. I just want to spin in circles. Spin in fucking circles because that's your body saying... Yeah, spin in circles. Um, That's your body releasing stuff. Like, it doesn't have to necessarily make sense to you. Your body knows what, like, your being knows what you need. Mm -hmm. And there are different components to it. There's that mental, there's the emotional, Mm -hmm. there's the somatic, which is, like, the physiological, the body. Um, There's the energetic. And we want to honor all of those, not just the ones that we think are important. Like, if it's okay to punch a pillow because you're mad somebody died, then it's okay to do a little boogie because that's like like i'm not happy they were alive uh, right like i could never see myself even in my most grief-stricken puddle of a state like i never would have had the emote or i did not have the emotion at least not to this point to punch a pillow in grief of my mother's passing but i have danced a whole fuck lot for her Mm -hmm. like just because I felt it. And right. then it's like I get to experience more of those feelings. I'm like, oh, this feels so good. Oh, I'm right. getting to celebrate. Or when it's that deep-rooted emotion in that real grief, the crying. And sometimes it's just like, oh, Setting God, how long has that been sitting in mm-hmm. there? Yeah, one of the things that's like kind of coming to mind is um, like the wisdom of Shonda Rhimes. Um, if anyone's watched Grey's Anatomy, like she's got these kind of great moments that that kind of parallel what we're saying. There's a there's a um, I won't like no spoiler alert. Um, don't worry, I'm not going to give anything away. But one of the <laughs> for a show that's been on off the air for. <laughs> 
hey, as someone who came late to the Grey's Anatomy okay, party, okay. like I would have been mad if someone had told me some of the stuff I, would, I would like that that's that's present. Like Fair and especially enough. with like binge watching shows, like like the the streaming services, like people come that's to them. The game. Yeah, like they come to a TV show. Like I mean, I think it was it was last year. My sister started watching it for the first time, and like I mean. We're going back a while now from when this first came on. So that's the reason I'm not spoiling. Um, there was another one. I was like, I was watching a TV show the other day and they kind of gave away a movie, the ending. And it, this is like a classic movie. And I'm like, oh, I know what happens now. Because um, I'd never got around to watching it. Anyway, beside the point. Back to Grey's Anatomy. Um, very, very early on, one of the main characters um, dies and all of his kind of closest friends at his funeral um they're uh, they're all um, sat around and there's this girl who didn't know him who will not stop crying she's like constantly sobbing and all of her all of his friends are not in that state and they're talking about like the thing the funny things about him and they're at the the cemetery and they're laughing in the cemetery and then this girl who's sobbing walks past and they start laughing even more because it's like it's so ridiculous that this person who never knew him is sobbing her eyes out and they as his closest people are laughing um and the same thing with the with the dancing like um there's a, a very um um, like a, a thread that runs through that um, uh, Meredith and Christina, who like two of the best friends, write them from the very beginning. Like whenever they have an issue, dance it out. They put on a piece of music and they dance it out. Like if they're stressed, if they're angry, if they're sad, like they get up and they dance together because they, they're moving the body. They're actually getting the body to move. And it's such an important way of processing if that is what is present for you. Um, I think the other thing is, and we've kind of covered this, is to allow the bittersweetness, mm -hmm. um, is to allow all the emotions that are present, not just the sad ones. Like, it's like, it's okay to be, like, there's um, there was a, a, a meme that's done the rounds a number of times. I don't know whether the, the quote is attributed. If so, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, um, but it's it, it basically speaks about the fact that grief is, um, be, grief is basically the love that never got the chance to be expressed. So it's like you're feeling grief because you have all this love for somebody and you you ran out of time to give it to them, basically. Um, and I just think that's a really beautiful way of, of describing it. And um, it reminds me of when I, um, I lost a very, very close family friend um, several years ago. We knew it was happening. Um, he was um, he um, passed of cancer. And um, so we were prepared for it. Um, I was as well as you can prepare for the, that kind of situation. But I, when I was in, uh, when he died, unfortunately I was out of the country and I was not gonna be able to be back for the funeral. Um, and I watched an amazing TED talk called uh, Beyond Closure. And I think it's by Nancy, I wanna say Nancy Baines, I, I, don't quote me on that. I'll put, we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> That's my aunt. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure it's Nancy something. <laughs> I know I knew the name from somewhere. Um, Nancy something, I'm sure. Anyway, we'll put it in the show notes. You'll be able to see uh, who it's for. And, and she talks about the fact that as a society, um, what we try to do is um, we try to create closure when we experience grief. And she talks about closure being this thing where we basically box up all the emotions and put them on a shelf where we're never going to experience them again because we're uncomfortable feeling emotion we're not as I said not emotionally literate we don't have this emotional mastery to know how to be with the, the emotions that are present and how you be with the emotions that are present is you allow them you feel them and you allow them to like you can feel them through the physicality like oh I can feel this tightness in my chest I feel this like churning in my stomach or like I'm actually just gonna allow the that emotional kind of wave to pass over me um, but what she talks about is that that's the idea of closure that we have and that closure is not what we're really seeking with grief because by putting the box on the shelf, we put away all the joy and the love and the humor as well as the sadness and the anger and the grief. And so what she talks about is like to find a way of grieving that is beyond closure. Um, I want to come back and find out what that giggle was in a minute because um, I got a feeling there's a story. Um, <laughs> um, and she talks about like when somebody is grieving, actually a lot of the times what they want to do is they want to share the person they are grieving with others. So it's like by a lot of the time what happens is when you come across somebody who's like, oh, I've lost my mother, I've, I've lost my 
partner I lost my son is that it shut that they shut the conversation down because it's like oh uncomfortable I don't know what to do with this so I'm just going to avoid the conversation and go over here where in actual fact what they said is a lot of people what they want is they want people to ask about these people they want to say they want you to say oh tell me or what was his favorite thing to do like what did like what's your favorite memory I mean I have lost count of the amount of stories that we have told and shared about Serena's mom uh, when out and about hanging out doing fun things like she's such and it's it's funny because I don't I've never met her in real life and yet I feel like I know her because we've shared so many stories about her like I I know her personality I know how she would respond to things like better than a lot of people would because we've because we, we've done that we've shared those stories and I think that that's it, a lot of the time that the how to grieve a lot of the time we, we try and kind of box it up and shut it down whereas mm-hmm. actual fact through sharing these stories we actually get to experience the love as well as the sadness in those moments and it also helps their memory live on it helps them yeah. live on like mm. I can talk freely about my mom there used to be a, a time when I'd say like the m word and I'd be like <laughs> like mm-hmm. and there are times where I'll be out and all of a sudden I'm like Oh, shit. (laughs) Like, here it comes. Mm -hmm. So even right now, I'm getting Mm teary-eyed. Because this is how it happens. Mm -hmm. I forgot where I was going. Oh, it's... it's, I feel like people get to meet my mom now. Like, people that have never met her, and I get to talk about her, and she's still alive. Like, I've had people that... I've had a medium actually tell me my mother wasn't dead, and I'm like... Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like I kind of I kind of yes, saw the finality of yes, it, so yeah. um, and I can also understand why you would say that too, right? And <laughs> she's still very much a part I've, of life. I'll talk about the Bloody Marys she used to make, and I'll have people be like, Oh, when can I try one? I'm like, Ah, like six years ago, yeah. uh, kind of passed, and they're like, Oh, shit, sorry, like, oh, god, I you talk about her like she's alive, and I'm like. Because she is. Like, right, her memory is still yeah. alive. Her spirit's still alive. She still weaves herself in and out of my life because I didn't close the box. I mean, right. You know me with boxes. I'm like, fuck the box. Like, yeah. <laughs> no boxes. My <laughs> The irony, my mom. Like, I won't go down that. <laughs> I won't go down that rabbit hole. It would be a whole other episode. Maybe we'll do that one later. But, like, it really, I mean, I feel that people... Ch- you can choose to continue somebody's memory, continue somebody's legacy, continue to talk about them, to bring them into your current world, or you can kind of keep them where they were. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also think that sometimes like people don't share about them because of other people's discomfort. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm not going to talk about my dead friend or my dead mom because like other people get uncomfortable. I mean, and I've I have been there when when Sharon has come up in conversation and I've watched other people get super awkward about the whole thing. It's like, oh, like, and, and Serena and I are laughing about whatever the story is that we're telling. Um, and and I think that that's the thing is that you have to honor the way of doing it that feels right for you. There's going to be a moment, there, there may be a period of time where you don't want to share because you mm-hmm. just want to be with your memories and that's okay. And there are moments where you do want to share. With, with, uh, when, when Martin died, the, um, the, friend, the family friend who passed, um, I, I said I couldn't be there. And that was one of the things that I felt I never really got was to be at the funeral with the people who knew him, sharing the stories in that moment as it had just happened. There is something very cathartic, I think, about that, like being connected, being with people who knew and loved him in that moment. And yes, we've shared dozens of stories. I mean, Serena's heard about the ranking pastries when you're out <laughs> and the laugh and the fact he can't, couldn't open doors. He can never figure out whether to push or pull and he couldn't dance to save his life but I taught him salsa in an hour and a half so like there were like they, they, there were lots of stories that I've shared about him um and it's never really kind of made up for that not being with those people in that moment there was something in that so I had to find different ways of feeling and expressing what was present when I wasn't able to do it the way that most people do. So I found ways of connecting with people through different medium. I actually put together a video of memories of him that actually went and was, so I was, the, there was a part of me at the funeral as well. And I shared stories with the people who didn't know him 
to the extent where they kind of feel like they do know him in the much as the same way that that Serena did. Um, and I think that one of the other things that's important, and this is something that, that again, you identify with, is that recognizing the reality of who a person is and was in your grief. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to share a little bit about this? Yes. I want to um, say, first of all, if, if this might not come as uh, welcome into information to many people because there's this kind of um, unspoken rule, like, or, oh, or no, it's actually, it's, spoken. it's actually spoken. It's spoken a lot. <laughs> you can't speak ill of the dead or, you know, something along those lines. Some people were assholes. My mm-hmm. father, asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, he had some serious asshole moments. My mother, mm-hmm. serious asshole moments. Mm-hmm. I love some more than others. Some more than others, <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Um, there's a wholeness to every person. Yeah, everybody is not great all the time, and you have to identify with the reality of the person that has passed. Like some who they actually were, who they actually were, mm. because that's part of the grieving process. If you have somebody that created magic in your life, in just focusing on the magic, that's not 100% real. That's not whole. Like, I love celebrating my mom and celebrating everything that was good about her. But there are times where I just sit and I'm like, wow, that, that you know, that wasn't a great experience. Or, mm-hmm. oh, that actually kind of fucked me up. Or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And with my father, um, that relationship, I mean, there were ups and low downs and then some high ups and then some lower downs and it's like I and there were actually i think with him there were probably more downs than up oh overall, yeah right I, oh so like and, and so that's what we're talking about like identifying it's not just identifying that there were both in everybody but it's about acknowledging who somebody was in their entirety like were they 80 percent asshole 20 mm-hmm. percent angel like not bad bad combat like that comparison <laughs> but, yeah. but you know what I mean like like looking at who they actually were and honoring that in mm-hmm. part as, as as part of your process it's you have to grieve and you have to process the anger the disappointment the resentment mm-hmm. all of those negative emotions that may be present in the relationship with that person or who that person showed up with it might be, not be the whole picture but like you can't just pretend like it didn't happen. And I see so many people struggle with that when they're like, Mm. oh, they were such a lovely person. It's like, Mm -mm. no, they weren't. Like, come on. Like, we're here because we loved them and they had an impact on us. But like, let's call a spade a spade. Right. Well, I mean, it's a little bit, I mean, my grandmother was the same. Like, I loved her dearly, but um, she had a, specific gift for offending most people she met like that I like, think our grandmothers are probably friends right? <laughs> probably um either that or they've really offended each other and they're not speaking <laughs> they're either way corners. yes um but I think that that but I, and again like a lot of people are like you can't say that I'm like that's the truth mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean that I let I miss her any less it doesn't mean to say that I love her any less it doesn't mean to say that I grieve any less but I'm honoring who she actually was because I think when we try to paint somebody as um as somebody that they're not we don't actually complete the grieving process because we don't feel everything that there is to feel about that and in some of the, some of the cases like the grief can be for not having that person be who they could have been for you. Mm-hmm. Like, and not having that relationship be the way that other relationships of the similar dynamic um, could have been. Like, not having a better father-daughter relationship, not having, um, like, I would have loved to have been able to go and talk to my grandmother for hours about lots of things. And I did go and spend a lot of time with her. And a lot of the time I'm like, oh. Why did I do this Really? Again? Like, that? <laughs> you had to go there of all, okay, fine. I'll go process that by myself and then we'll, well, but that was the reality. And and I think that if we don't allow ourselves to honor all of that, and in fact, I actually remember um, her funeral was, uh, was kind of funny. Um, Again, like the whole thing of like funny, not funny and funny and not funny um, was that um, it was, um, she, she made a decision. Like she decided what she wanted. There was no if, buts or maybes. There was no room for maneuver. There was no, she didn't give a toss about what anybody else might want as part of like honoring her or grieving her. She wanted what she wanted as she wanted it. She didn't give a shit what anyone else thought. My grandmother pre-bought her flowers. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I she wanted a specific spray. I, <laughs> 
I do think they probably would have got on really well. Um, but the funny thing about it was, is that what she decided to do was she actually flipped the sequence. Um, so in the UK, and normally what you do is you go to a church or a hall or somewhere to have a ceremony where you that you honor the person and if they're if it's a religious person it'll be a church ceremony if it's a non-religious person they might be at a crematorium or what have you actually and then what ends up happening is that if somebody is going to be cremated or buried but if you're going to be cremated you have the ceremony first and then you go to the crematorium and then they have the kind of committal and off they go um like behind the curtain and what have you um and she wanted to do it the other way around so she was a religious person so she wanted to have a church service um but she wanted to have the crematorium first um but there was no service at the crematorium i mean literally if it hadn't been for the fact that the um the vicar kind of sidestepped one of her um, one of <laughs> her requests, requests in the sense that she was like what you gonna do grandma well it was like, <laughs> it was like she like uh, there was a particular i think it was a particular hymn that resonated like that we all remembered her through that wasn't going to be a part of it we're like how is this not a part of this ceremony and she was like well we need something at the crematorium because literally we would have been in and out of that place in less than a minute because it would have been like hi bye see ya we're out and like here's the box yeah here's the box like here it is like and I'm like where did it go like <laughs> like it really would have been like oh they're like here one minute gone the next but we would have been in and out within like a few minutes and the the vicar was like no we can't like we have to have something here because otherwise literally i mean you might as well not sit in the pews like you could just keep walking and you'd, you'd be done um and so and we were all like we're like what is she thinking this is so i mean it's so backwards in terms of the way that we would normally do things and so we had the church per- personal power beyond the grave. Oh, and then some. Oh, she was she was uh, she red she spectrum, but personal power, absolutely. So the interesting thing about it was is that um, we ended up then going and having the church ceremony. And I remember we had a conversation in the car on the way home for the church ceremony of like, God damn it, she was right. It was better that way around. And it wasn't like how it was traditionally done. But the interesting thing is that I've always had this thing that when I go to a funeral, I get very focused on like the person in the box in the room before you go and have the burial or the committal uh, of the, or the, um, um, they go to the crematorium. Well, the interesting thing was she was gone by that point. And we had a photo of her and my grandfather and we were like focusing on her in life at the ceremony rather than in death. And we're like, damn it, she was, who like, for God's sake, nobody tell her she was right. We'll never <laughs> hear the end of it. Um, and it was that, that whole thing, you're like, and, but she wanted to do it how she wanted to do it. And we, and we had to find a way around it. But it was kind of funny because everybody was like, she's like, what is she thinking? And then turned out it actually worked out really well. <laughs> I think this is actually a perfect example because even just from, I'm, Claire and I have had many conversations about her grandmother. I think I have kind of an idea of the type of person she was. (laughs) But even from just this simple, you know, little story, you can tell she was kind of straight and narrow and... Rigid. That's the way I was trying not to say it. (laughs) Oh, by all means. But it's the the reality reality of it. And we're laughing about it now. Like, you could have gone into the space of like, oh, serious, serious series Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because my grandmother's funeral was the same thing it was like i my grandmother did my grandmother that um just passed away my yaya she was i don't even proper but (laughs) she had a way about her she had a very particular yes she was very very particular particular. oh yeah that's definitely (laughs) something our grandparents yeah grandmothers had in common and i think she would have appreciated how things unfolded but if I was doing what I had done in the past, which was, I think I've spoken about the duality of my personality in the past, where mm-hmm. there was, I was my father's daughter or I was my mother's daughter. Like, my father's daughter doesn't laugh at funerals and keeps to her quiet and goes in a hole, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Fortunately, unfortunately, my mother's daughter showed up to this funeral <laughs> and it was like, being able to just be in the space that I was in that mm-hmm. light and that just that fun like I'm able to be like oh she was such a pain in the ass and we can 
joke and laugh about how she was a pain in the right. ass. But if you were trying to be like, you know, I can't, I can't say that that grandma was uh, rigid because that's right. not nice. It's like well, no, we can celebrate the fact that that's part of who she was, and it made it made this situation a little bit more actually enjoyable for the family. And that's what was right for us in that moment. And. There were a lot of tears shed that day. Like mm-hmm. I, like my grandmother and I had a very special relationship, much the same as you and your grandmother did. Like mm-hmm. we, like, and I, I shed a lot of tears. Like we had, um, like, I have a lot of great memories, like of her when I was a kid. Like she wanted to play. Like, like we would dress up as cats or as like, whatever. And we'd be like, there was a, I had a favorite book about like a character that fell in the pond, and we had a blanket that was the pond and we spent the entire day once like each of us falling into the pond and the other one saving the other with a skipping rope like I mean I have a lot of very very good memories of my grandmother and I loved her dearly I grieved I had a lot of sadness and I allowed those tears to come up now for me there was in that moment because of the relationship that we had I mean we had a very we had a um I had a very, I was, I was the one who probably could get away with more with my grandmother than most. Um, like I remember we went out for, we went out for a big family dinner and we both ordered, um, uh, tarts as our main course. And the, the server came up and went two tarts. And I was like, that's us. <laughs> and my, my grandmother looks at me and just like, God, like seriously. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Um, so we had a great, we had a great relationship in a lot of ways. We had, there was a very difficult relationship in a lot of ways. And celebrating and laughing was part of what was right for us and that relationship in that moment it's what's right for where we're at in this journey right now i don't want anyone listening to be like oh i should be laughing right now or i should be celebrating if that's not what's present the most important thing is to honor where you are at in that journey and allow it to process in the way that feels right for you i think that the this is was something you want to add before i go on mm, no, no i was gonna go on yeah <laughs> Um, the other thing to remember is that the grieving process is not linear. Mm-hmm. Like it's so like people think that it's like, well, um, like you keep improving. And so like if you were if you were less good tomorrow yesterday, you'll be more good tomorrow kind of thing. And I'm, I'm like good in big inverted commas, like um, these are relative terms. Um but the reality is with grief is that that's not how it works. Like one day you'll feel like you're nearly quote unquote healed Mm -hmm. slash over it and then the following day you'll be hit again and the the analogy that we always use it's a little bit like like being in water like being in the open water like in in the ocean um and like initially it feels like you're drowning like you feel like you like all you can do is snatch like gasps of air where it's like and then you kind of you're back under the water again and it's like you're desperately just trying to get your head above water to 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 take an air and then then the next the next phase might be like you're struggling on the surface um but you you're you're you like managed to keep your chin above the waves so it's like okay I can I can get more air and then you start to feel okay or like okay it feels like I'm I'm like I'm treading water and then a wave will come out of nowhere and engulf you again and you'll feel like you're back under the water and what will happen over time is that the waves will get fewer and farther apart um and the key thing is to welcome the random waves of emotion when they come mm-hmm. up, allowing yourself to re- like remove the emotional blocks that are there and then actually allow yourself to like, cause you'll be, you'll be merrily getting along with life. And for a moment you'll, there'll be days where it's all you can think about. Um, and then all of a sudden you'll think about it a little bit less. And then one day you'll forget that you were meant to be thinking about it because life will have happened and you'll be busy engaged with something else. And then you'll see something like a pencil or a, um, a remote control or like a card or a little trinket, um, Cheap little trinket. Cheap little trinket. <laughs> uh, in joke about Serena's mother. Um, um, and, um, and we're just going to leave it at that. We're just going to leave it at that. It's just, just a fun little in joke. Like, she'll get the joke. Um, and you'll see that. And then the next thing you know, you'll be like in a puddle on the floor again. And you were like, like struggling for air again. And it's like, whoa, where the hell did this come from? And it's okay that it doesn't take a linear form. Like mm-hmm. the key thing is to have no expectations of yourself in this process and allow yourself to be wherever you're at in that journey. And processing doesn't end. And that's right. the thing to remember. Yeah. I mean, as upbeat and positive and celebratory and 
I want to say happy, but that's like, it doesn't fit the next words coming out of my mouth. Um, I can I can celebrate my mom's life. Mm-hmm. There are days I am, even seven years later, I am in an absolute puddle. Mm-hmm. I'll be in the grocery store walking down an aisle and all of a sudden I see a box of like stuffing and I'm like, oh shit. And mm-hmm. I've actually gotten to the point where I'm like, unless there's a situation where I definitely don't want any sort of like attention or it's just really the wrong timing and I need to hold and then process when I you know when I have the appropriate or not that there's an appropriate moment to process but one that feels more in alignment with where I'm at yeah I'll let myself cry in the store Mm -hmm. like as long as I'm not like a and I mean maybe someday there will be a point where you just see me like hugging a box of muffins like (laughs) in the middle of the aisle but like I'll let myself cry and sometimes people are like are you okay and I'm like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I am okay. Yep. I'm grieving, but I'm okay. Well, I mean, it happened to me when I, we've shared about this on a previous podcast when um, we found out about Serena's um, skin cancer diagnosis and I was okay while I was with her. And then the following day when I'm at the grocery store getting balloons for a surprise birthday party, it hits me about my my friend who I lost to skin cancer 20 plus years ago and I am sobbing in the grocery store. The longest time it took for a server to come and help me to pay for my damn balloons, <laughs> um, blow up and pay for my damn balloons, but it felt like an eternity, but I just allowed it to come. Um, I think the other thing that's really important um, in this process in terms of the how to grieve is it's so important to allow yourself to feel it mm-hmm. and it takes energy to allow yourself to feel it and to be in that process. It takes um, your like physical energy, it takes emotional energy, it takes mental energy, it takes energetic energy, <laughs> um, all of the energies. Um, and it's important to be able to give yourself wherever you can in that process, moments of respite, moments to take a break from the recover, like to the, to recover from the grief process for a second, that those moments of respite is, is that like gasps of air, like in the moments you're drowning, it's like the moment where you can go (gasps) before you kind of get engulfed again. And like, it doesn't matter what that looks like, but find ways that you can give yourself a break from the process. So it may be, um, I was I went through a deep grieving process when I was in Brazil many years ago, and I would watch something on Netflix that was engaging enough that it would draw my attention. And I would like, I'd be in it, I'd be processing it. And I was very, very intentionally like, uh, like being in it. And then I would go and I would watch one of these shows because it would give me a break. It would give my mind a break. It would give my heart a break. It would give my energy. It would give me a, a, a rest from the processing of it. And then I would finish and then I would go back into processing again. Um, I had a, a client I was speaking to recently about this. Um, and I was saying like anything that will distra- distract you for a moment. And, I'm, and I mean distract you from the process enough for a moment that is a break. You're not distracting, you're not avoiding it. This is not bypassing how you're feeling. It's it's creating enough of a distraction to give your, your you some respite in order that you can continue. And I remember we were talking about one of the things that this, this client liked to do was to read. Um, and they said, uh, I can only get two sentences before it hits me again. And I said, so take those two sentences. Those two sentences of respite are better than no sentences of respite at all. And it's like, it doesn't matter. That respite may be 10 seconds. It may be two seconds. It might be 30 seconds. Whatever it is, it might be 30 minutes. And it's okay to take that in order that you... Um, it gives you the it gives you a, a moment to like gather again and to build a little bit more of your resources to then be able to continue to process without it burning you out. And that's all... And I want to make sure everybody's aware that's the full spectrum of emotions. So even if you're doing things that seem to be kind of fulfilling you, make sure you realize that that is taking from you. And that's just in life in general, like the good, the bad, the hard, the easy, like everything takes you. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. make sure you're resting. Right. Well, unless you're resting, like resting, resting. 
resting probably doesn't take a huge amount of energy, <laughs> but uh, like, but even like something I've shared in previous podcasts, like practicing yoga, it nourishes me, but it takes energy to do it. So it's like, where's the, like, we um, go back to the, um, the needs formula, um, episode that we talked about in the burning the candle at both ends. Like this is, um, uh, the burning the candle at both ends series. Like it's important to, to recognize that we are where we are expending energy and what are the things that we can do to replenish. And sometimes that replenish is just taking a break for a moment. You want to share the quote? Sure. I can't <laughs> see who it's. Oh, it's not by anybody. No, it's not. I okay. thought it was a tweet that was shared. So I do, we don't know who shared this. We don't know who shared this. Um, but we think it is a very um, appropriate quote for our series today. So it's, you're going to be fine. You always are. Yes, I will be. But please allow me a moment to express and display my sadness and discomfort. I know it will be better, but I need to also be honest and say my spirit is temporarily heavy and not have to hide that. Mm-hmm. And that's, and I think that kind of sums up how to grieve in a really kind of beautiful, succinct little way. And we'll, we'll share this quote in the, in the show notes. It's okay to be where you're at. And so many of us feel like we have to hide where we're at because we don't want to be a burden or an inconvenience to other people. And the truth of the matter is, is that the people who love you, the people who are there for you, they want to be able to support you in those moments. They want to be there for you. And if even if that being there for you is just sitting next to you on the couch while you're being a puddle on the floor, like it's okay. Or being sitting next to you on the floor while you're being a puddle on the floor. You're not really next to them if you're on the couch. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and it's like, and, and if you don't have spaces where you can do that, uh, as always, um, the Nourish Your Needs community on Facebook is a great space that we've had lots of people sharing in there. And they just want to be witnessed. They want to know that they're not alone and they can share what's present without this kind of fear of it being a burden on anybody else or anything, just to be able to process it um and i think that that's um that's one of the my favorite things about that space is that people feel people come feel comfortable to be able to share their process and um not feel alone in doing it which Mm -hmm. i think is something that's so important for all of us absolutely um so i think the most important like kind of takeaways from today are really just to find your way of grieving like whatever way resonates with you um and allow yourself to feel it and then in that that it is everything that mm-hmm. is present. Allow yourself to feel grateful that you knew this person. Like if somebody has passed and they've had a, a difficult disease, for example, you can feel grateful that they're no longer in pain. Like that could be a part of that process. Um, you could feel uh, amusement when you remember a, like uh, a funny situation, which like you think, oh, Uh, yeah that was them um and you kind of have a little smile and have a little laugh and you maybe want to share that um just find a way that resonates with where you're at moment by moment because as you're going through that kind of being in the water like different things will be what you'll different needs will be up at different parts in that process and um different ways of meeting your needs will support you better depending on where you're at like for some people it's just I just need to sleep for the first few days. I just need to sleep because I don't have the capacity to feel what is there. And then maybe they might cry for for a week and that's okay. They might cry for a year. Like it doesn't matter like what, there is no right way of doing this. It's about really honoring yourself and, and your process as you go through this. And on the other side of it, I want to remind people to try to remember everybody's process is different and mm-hmm. to remove the judgment. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned with the Grey's Anatomy kind of circling back a little bit yeah how this person um at the funeral that was crying everybody's like well they didn't know the person Mm -hmm. I've had that happen to me before where they're like you didn't even know them I'm like how do you like how do you know I didn't know them how do you know they didn't touch my life in some way yeah how do you know like you don't so you don't know what somebody's going through you don't know what their experience was um what their experience is what their grieving process is so just Right. Like, be kind and be open to the fact that, you know, people touch people's lives in different ways. Well, it's interesting because the person in question, the person had touched their life in some way, even though they'd never, they didn't know them. And it may be that this person hasn't touched their life in any way. And it may be that this is the gateway to grieving for somebody that Mm -hmm. they lost 10 years earlier that they weren't able, didn't feel able to grieve or didn't know how to grieve at the time. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of different ways in which this come up. So I, I really I appreciate you uh, uh, your 
edition of that because I think it is really important to allow people to be where they're at in their process um, and respect that and honor it um, and do the same thing for yourself and find a way of, of finding that balance between the two of honoring other people's process and simultaneously honoring your own as well. Anything else you want to add on this before we finish for today? No, I'll save it for the next one. We've got more coming. So uh, watch this space. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you are experiencing grief right now, just know that our hearts are with you and uh, we're sending you love and supportive energy. And remember the, the Nourish Your Needs space is there for you if you think it could be helpful and supportive. Um, we'll speak to you again on the next grief series very, very soon. Between now and then, remember to stay safe, take care, and remember to keep meeting your own needs. Lots of love. Bye, friends. That's it for today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and give us a written review as it will help more people find us. And remember, when you're in the grieving process, the most important thing for you is to allow and feel and express in a self-first way all of the emotions as they come up. Well, shit. It really is that simple. <laughs>